Blog Talk Radio. Yo! Chuck Rock coming back on for 1990. Word out, word out. Kick this out to my man Rob Swinger. Hot dog, dinky. Manager, butt, have lover, you know what I'm saying? Dr. No. Here we go. Fuck up his head, the bump his head, the go to the jump, but no doubt you. Come on! It's the hitman, yes, the hitman, yo, you know it. The first cruncher, the man on the sea. So he was scared to kick a 16 bar He's not a rap star, not saying that I am But on the jam, I'm gonna kick a little Not a Dr. Seuss well, yeah. Evening, good evening, good evening, good evening I hope you're enjoying your uh, Olympic week I think Hussein Bo's about to blow up the 200 meters in a few minutes But uh, anyway, let's just let the party start, shall we? Uh, first of all, to this podcast, this is the Clown Hour podcast, and my name is Scott Burks. I'm the creator of the sports ball called The Clown Times. That's Clown Spell with a K, by the way. You'll be able to find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net. And you can find me on Facebook. Uh, uh, we have a lot of fun on Facebook, especially during the Olympics. Uh, lots of fun going on there. But at any rate, if you can go up to the search window in the upper left-hand corner of Facebook and just type The Clown Times, again, that's Clown Spell with a K, to be able to find me there as well. Well, we're still going on with the uh, NFL. You know, preseason is still ongoing. A few games on tonight. My beloved still is getting the hell beat out of them right now. But I feel it. But at any rate, um, this is going to be fun in the sense that uh, we're going to talk about one of my mortal sports enemies, if you will, the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, I know a lot of Cowboys fans. I don't know if that's a cruel joke or not, but most of uh, but a lot of my closest college friends, Coom, this brother who's on the phone with me right now, uh, is a big Cowboys fan. So uh, this is his maiden voyage, if you will, into the climate. But at any rate, he's a no, he's a Cowboys super fan. He's a fellow New Yorker, Staten Islander, born and raised. And we're going to get into why he's a Cowboys fan in a minute, even though he grew up a stone throw from Giant Stadium. Uh, here's my man, <laughs> my Italian brother from another mother. Here he is, Jeff Campanella. Camp. What's good, brother? Long time. How you doing, man? What's good, Mr. Burks? It has been a long time. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, no worries. I know we've been talking about doing this for, like, years. But, like, like you know, like the, the past couple of years, because, you know, like I, you know, like I said before, a lot of my closest college friends, I don't know if it's guy laughing at me, probably so, but, <laughs> yeah, y'all cowboys. And it's a lot of fun this time of year, as as you know, and everything else, so, Welcome, welcome, bro. Hey, um, I have a uh, a, uh, a a traditional source for cats who are making their way, the maiden voyage, if you will, into the bunch of the podcast. Is to give them a little something, something about themselves. So basically, it's just the super fan series, and especially, and I know we tease each other about this, but talk, like talk about how you are New Yorker through and through, right? And grew up like you know, like I said. Uh, the, like you know, like I said before, grew up on Staten Island, and you know everything else. Even though you're Stone Throw from Giants, and please explain to the masses how you became a Cowboys fan. Well, um, that's a great question. I get that question asked to me a lot because I do live in the Dallas area now, and and you know we both uh, we attended school in Texas, so um, right. it's not unusual to run into a lot of Cowboys fans down here. Obvious. Uh, um, so I was born in the early 70s, and uh, so my, my football consciousness uh, snapped 
into reality in the late 70s, <laughs> early 80s. And at that time, uh, even though the Steelers were winning Super Bowls through and through, um, you know, the Cowboys and the Steelers were, you know, of, of great prominence at the time. And they were such right. uh, just super saturated media coverage up in, up in the New York City area along with the, you know, the Jets and the Giants. And I just identified right. with the Cowboys. And, I, you know, my mom said I, I popped out the womb with a blue star on my head. And uh, <laughs> I, I, loved, I loved Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett was my favorite uh, football player growing up. Um, wow. Fancied myself to be a little, you know, little squirrel, a little running back myself. So um, I don't, I, I'm not really sure exactly why I didn't gravitate towards the Jets and the Giants. I just think because every time I turned the TV on Sunday at one o'clock, the Cowboys were on. Didn't even matter who mm. they were playing. Um, right. The Jets and the Giants were on, you know, CBS, and the Cowboys were on. NBC or whoever was, I don't even remember who was covering at the time, but that's, that's really what happened. And it just stuck with me, which was really difficult because as I got older and got into middle school and even high school, you know, the Giants were winning Super Bowls and they were, you know, they were kicking butt and taking names and the Cowboys were just, they were awful. Um, So I had plenty of friends just needle me and give me all sorts of grief, but I I stuck with it, ended up in, in Texas for the, so the you know the three rings basically they won in the nineties and and uh, you know the ups the downs I, I stayed with them so. Well, I'll say this this I'll tell you this, bro. I mean, as much grief as I give you, you give it to me back. Um, no, that's you, true. You obviously are a true fan. You you definitely a true fan. I mean, I mean, I, I say this about Cowboy Station and y'all for the most part die hard. Y'all ride or die. And even though Stephen A. Smith teased y'all on the uh, on the first take, on man, the original, uh, I mean. he just he's on un, he's unrelenting, and he does not try to mask his cowboy hatred. Um, but mm. what you'll hear what you'll hear from from me tonight, I hope, and uh, I, right. I think you'd be surprised how many cowboy fans are like this. I mean, we're, we're really hard on this team. Um, I, I know people sure. talk about bleeding blue and all that, but but. Man, I, I'll shred them to pieces, and you, you know, you'll ask me some very direct questions, and well, I have I some really direct answers, and they're pretty unforgiving <laughs> about not only what's happened, but even the current direction. Um, there's a lot left to be desired. Um, so, so I, you know, I'm not going to pretend that everything they do is wonderful, but um, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited that uh, we play the black and blue division this year. So. Um, yeah, should be interesting. Right. Should be interesting to see how how you know we'll have to pick this up again when the Cowboys play the Steelers. So, yes, sir. And I have a feeling that you, myself, Spencer, Jeremy, uh, you know the uh, the uh, the uh, usual suspects. We, we're going to have some wagers. Uh, oh, <laughs> no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. That makes it all, no all doubt. fun, brother. But I, but I'll say this in your defense, like like when you talk about all you watch on TV, what when, like when we were kids, because we're about the same age, watch Cowboys mm-hmm. games. It was the same thing in North Carolina, because you know I grew up in North Carolina, as you know, and mm-hmm. that's I swear to God, that's all you saw on television. It was either the Redskins <laughs> or the Cowboys. Seriously, yeah, that's all I saw on television. So to your point. A lot, of, a lot of cats in North Carolina to this day are Cowboys fans, largely because that's all we saw growing up. I mean, I saw it when I was growing yeah. up in, 
in elementary school, middle school, and high school. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I mean, Cowboy Nation is real, man. So, I mean, that's why they call y'all America's team. So go figure it out. Well, that's up for debate. I know that's I know that's up for debate because uh, while while lots of Cowboys fans like to cling to the championships, um, it's been you know more than two decades, and there's an entire generation sure. that has no clue that this team was any good at any point. So, um, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not I'm not convinced exactly where the trajectory is, but you know as we go through tonight's uh, call, I'm sure maybe we'll come up with some answers. Dude. But uh, let's speaking of coming up with answers, yo, well, man. I mean, you already know that last year was a big cluster bleep, like like for you guys. I mean, you guys yeah. talk about a walk and mashing. I mean, Tony Romo went down twice. You lost Des Bryant. Um, you know, you still. I mean, you know, I mean, you guys had a hard time replacing Demarco Murray, and yep. even though you guys recouped that with with Ezekiel Elliott, which, which we'll touch on that in a moment. Um, in your eyes, I, mean, I hate to relive the horror story that was last season for you guys. But, <laughs> but, but what, besides the injuries, if you have some more insight, what 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 the hell happened to your boys last year, man? Because you guys well, had great you know, expectations coming to the year. I, we we did you know we did have we did have some some significant expectations, and and, and honestly, um, I, I felt that. Uh, the year before when DeMarco, you know, set the Cowboys rushing record and they dominated time of possession and they mm-hmm. were, you know, arguably one play away in Green Bay of going, going to the NFC Conference Championship at, in Seattle where they had already won, you know, earlier in the season. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, I, I honestly felt like that was more of an aberration than the trajectory mm. ticking upward um, because DeMarco mm. had never really demonstrated not only the health, but the, just the endurance and to be able to, to take that kind of punishment. Um, but sure. one thing that the, one of the things that, that I, I felt we were going to kind of tick backwards, regardless of Romo's health, was Jerry Jones in his, you know, prescient nature felt like, you know, anyone could run behind his offensive line, so I'll just retread this and just throw bodies at it, and then we'll have the same kind of success that we had the year before. And, I mean – even with Romo, even when the, the games that Romo played, I mean, they just – they didn't have the same dynamic. I mean, they, they finally – one of the things that Cowboy fans have been complaining about since the triplets came and went was this team never never really established the, their identity. Um, when you talk mm-hmm. about the Steelers, I mean, it's that just bruise them up defense, the 3-4, constant pressure, um, and smash mouth – you know, running the football. Now, obviously, you know, we both know that that's changed a little bit with Ben sure, kind of slinging of around everywhere. But, but when people right. ask you, you know, what is, what is this team known for? What is that team known for? Generally, you come up with an answer. And with the Cowboys, it's just been this collective question mark over the fandom of like, what, what exactly are, are, are we? Um, and then, so finally, Jason Garrett gets his wish to rebuild this offensive line with some bruisers. And they just decide, look, we got to protect this defense. We got to maintain time of possession. We have to maintain ball control. We got to cut Tony's throws back from 35 to 38 a game down to, you know, 28 to 30, reduce those, you know, bonehead plays that everyone likes to point out that Tony Romo is capable of making. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and the formula just happened to work because of 
this opportunistic defense that had generated way more turnovers than they were used to um, to accumulating. And sure. it was just a lot. I really, really think it was a lightning in the bottle year. So last year, you know, once, once Tony went out, I mean, we were in deep trouble because, I mean, nobody here yeah. thought Brandon Whedon was capable of carrying his team. We sure as heck didn't think Matt Castle was capable of carrying his team. Even the most right. ardent <laughs> Cowboy fans were like, well, hopefully he could just turn turn around and hand the ball off 35 times to a stable of running backs and we can squeak out some wins. Man, the offense was paltry. They had the worst turnover ratio differential in football. They had like five or six interceptions the entire year. Their cornerbacks couldn't – they couldn't – it was just – it was really it, – it, it, un, it unmasked just how bad the defense was, even though the time of possession was – decent and you know uh, they they had decent yardage per carry they had decent total yards on the ground but it just wasn't the, it just wasn't the same feel the same dynamic or the same identity um mm-hmm. and it was really hard it was really really difficult to watch I can't tell you how difficult it was <laughs> to put the TV on and to just see the ineptitude of this oh. offense um it was oh, it was tough it, it even got I mean I'm I'm willing to admit it got to a point where when I knew the Cowboys were coming on, I would DVR the game. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would only watch the game if they won. That's how bad oh, it got. Wow. I could oh, not sit through it. It was so painful. And that's the first time ever <laughs> in all my years as a fan, I just it hurt my stomach trying to watch this. But um, you know, I was like, well, if you're going to lose, lose big and get a good draft pick, and they were they ended up in the fourth slot, which which I think was pretty good. Y'all yeah. did, <laughs> y'all did. We'll talk about that. Yeah, because that's the bright side of the whole I mean, uh, of the season. But a couple more questions about that. Um, you mentioned Tony Romo and his health, or, or lack of last season. How much longer does he really have in Big D? Because I mean, here's a guy right who was undrafted, worked his way up, hard worker, he's pretty much self made dude. And have oozes all the talent in the world, especially when he's healthy. But I mean, dude's been a he's been a pincushion in terms of injuries the last you know, like well, really not the last couple of seasons, but especially last season and off and on the seasons prior to that. Is he going to make it to the season? I mean, how much does he have left? I mean, just realistically speaking, I mean, because he, he's like what thirty five or something like that. He just turned so thirty six. How, how longer... He's thirty. He's wow. thirty six um, in this season. You got to remember okay. um, that that you know he sat for four years before you know he he, he played. For, he's a four year college quarterback um, yeah. at Eastern Illinois, and then he sat for four years before he you know Bledsoe got benched in that one game. Right. I think it was against the Giants, and he threw three interceptions, too, when he came in. Um, <laughs> I forget Parcells was like, hey, we're just going to put him out there. Um, right. So he's played, you know, he, I think he's got 10 or 11 years of, of, of actual, you know, NFL game time, game ready starting gotcha. experience. But, but, but I will tell you that um, by the nature of his, um, his desire to extend plays, and um, some of the struggles that this team has had uh, picking up pressure. Um, I mean, especially DeMarco Murray, I will, I will tell you, the guy, um, he's elite when it comes to picking up the blitz. And it's, it's one of the things yeah. that Cowboy fans 
you know, have been told that Ezekiel Elliott is a special um, third down back and he didn't give up a sack in, in two years at uh, Ohio State and, and picking yep. up the blitz, picking up the free man, um, mm-hmm. which, which we still don't know how, how that's going to work because the guy's had a hamstring issue already. You know, it's like already we've got these omens of is the guy going to even get on the field. But for, <laughs> as, far as, as far as Tony's concerned, um, I, I think the way his contract is structured, he's got two years. Um, yeah. He'd have to redo his deal, I think. Um, mm-hmm. I I can't see him. I can't see him playing really beyond two at the most three years. Um, oh, I think wow. his body type, his body type, and his style um, don't really allow. I, I I let's put it this way: if you if you ask if you gave me an over under of thirteen games that he's going to start this year, I take the under. Mm. That's that's mm. that's my confidence level. Um, it, you know, I, that's why we need to get the running game ratcheted up again. Um, that's yeah. really the only way he's going to increase his longevity. Um, he's not a big guy, um, so you get free runners at him. He you know he tries to do the dipsy do and the you know the shoulder roll and kind of <laughs> brush him off, but just mm. it's just gonna take one time to hit that collarbone or hit that lower back, and I just. I think at that age, you start to have yeah. these recurring issues. So I think that's why I look at the way they structured his contract where they would be able to take the cap hit after two years. So that's that's kind of what I'm looking at as a fan. Mm. Okay, so basically, to your point, it's like, like well, you know, the whole cap economics of the NFL is like Greek to me, to be honest with you. But, um you know, to I guess you're saying that to avoid that cap hit, I guess a couple of years that could just I don't know, just they like can absorb it. They could absorb it if they if they cut okay. him, uh, if they cut him after two years. Like what I think, well, this is my this is just you know Campy's opinion, right? Um, I, sure. I think <laughs> after two years, um, you know, if he continues to struggle with his health, I mean, the guy's a newlywed. He's got a couple of kids. He's He's got life outside of football. The guy's going to have a career in broadcasting, most likely. He's a real articulate, really amicable guy. Um, I could see him saying, "Hey, I gave it a shot, and my body can't take it." And I think I think he'll shut it down. Like I actually think he would retire, um, unless you know they're on the cusp of something and they just fall short, and he wants to give it one more shot. You know, maybe they rework his deal after two years. But I think just the way that they structured it. I mean, if you ask Jerry Jones, he's going to play another five, six years. That's the eternal mm-hmm. optimist. Um, you know, Jerry Jones, you can't convince him otherwise. But I think most just, you know, common sense dictates that when you have the kind of injuries that he's had, um, yeah. it just takes one kind of little accidental fall on the ball or getting 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 hit in the right spot, and, and he's out again. I mean, that mm-hmm. – uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of fragile. So, hopefully, they can keep him upright. You know, I think the offensive line is uh, is one of the better offensive line. I think people inflate how good it is. To be honest, um, I don't think it, I think it's a good run a good run blocking offense. I don't really think it's that great of a pass blocking offense. Yeah. Um, Tony still had to run for his life a lot in that season two years ago. Um, so we'll see, you know, we'll see. But but as far as Tony goes, if, if we get two more good years out of him, you know, solid years where his 
touchdown to turnover ratio is is manageable and they get back to running the ball and and dominating the clock you know in this division they they might have a decent chance and you know in this division the nfc east um it's it's not strong so you you have to write about that i mean i mean i think any team any team in this division has a great great shot as long as they stay healthy i mean i and i personally believe yeah, I told some casters last year that if y'all were healthy, there's no way in the world that Washington would have won that division. I, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the fact of the matter is that Washington won that night with a, what, what, what were they, 97 or something like that? Just, yeah, they were 97. Yeah, that if y'all were healthy, y'all could have turned yeah. But enough of the bad, but end with the new and the possibly good. You missed okay. the draft, and I. And I thought you guys had a decent draft, and you picked up, uh, like like in the year, Ezekiel Elliott. I really loved that that press got picked. I watched this 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 this, this, this young man a lot in college. I mean, I'm a big mm-hmm. SEC guy for some reason, but he's a baller. And I know that you know this was only it's just preseason, but you know he looked pretty damn good against the Rams. And you know, yeah, I I really th- I think I mean I mean again it's preseason, and, you know I don't want to get too excited about preseason, but it's all about how these these young guys look. If, if, are, you know, are they comfortable? Do they get have, like have a decent grasp of the office? That yeah, I, mean, I don't want to say that you guys have a a, a successor groomed already in Dak Prescott, but I think he's making a strong case for Alicia number two. You know, I think so. Um, so I'll tell you. I'll give you. I'll give you kind of a um, little draft synopsis. Uh, you know, I, I okay. I'm a big. I'm a. I'm a big, big draft, Nick. I'm actually. I actually think in some ways I like the whole build up to the draft and the draft. Sometimes I like it even more than the season. I don't know why. I think it's because <laughs> I enjoy college football so much, and then to see where these guys end up um, in the the construction i mean you know i'm a i'm a recruiter by trade so talent evaluation is something that i i I do for a living so i think (laughs) when i think about these guys grinding and and watching tape and evaluating talent and then seeing how successful they could be i think that's why i enjoy it so much um i was Mm -hmm. at cowboy stadium uh for the draft um i had passes to be on the on the field and kind of the whole build up and um when it got to the when it got to the third pick and San Diego was picking, um, we were thinking, you know, collectively, kind of the guys around me were thinking, well, they're probably going to take Jalen Smith. Um, uh, J- uh, 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 what's the what's the cat's name from um, Florida State that got drafted by uh, Jacksonville? Oh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey yeah. thank you, not Jalen Smith. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the Cowboys took Jalen Smith in the second round, and we'll talk about that right. um, as we go, but. Um, they t- we were thinking we would take Jalen Ramsey, and, and our, the whole the whole problem that the Cowboys um, have, that what they struggle with when you hear about building from the trenches out, right? So they realized yeah. a while ago well, we got to build our offensive line, and then we'll build out from there. But they did the opposite on defense. They they went and they spent a lot of money on secondary players and tried to build from the back forward. And they you know they they're not really a big pressure generating team. And they don't have ball hawks in the secondary. So we were like, well, as much as, you know, we're, we're sitting there at four, Jalen Ramsey's still on the board at three, and we're sitting there thinking, 
Well, you know, as much as we want a pass rusher, we didn't think Bosa was the guy, and we didn't Ooh. think there was anyone really there at, at, in the top, you know, four that was worthy of that pick as far as a pressure player. So we were cool with Ramsey being there. We're like, okay, you know, if Ramsey's there, we're, we're good. And then, and then San Diego took Bosa. We were all shocked. As Cowboys fans, we were shocked. We were thinking, wow, that's, that's really high for him, even though people were talking about him going number one for a while before all the trades where the team straight up to get the quarterbacks. Um, I, I always thought the guy had a great motor, but I kind of thought he was a player without a position. I mean, he's, he's kind of yeah. a little bit of a tweener, his size, his build. He's kind of a linebacker, a big linebacker that could kind of do a lot of everything, but we weren't running that defense. So I didn't think it was a good scheme fit, but Ramsey's sitting there and I'm there with my buddy who's a, a Jets fan. And he says, watch them take Zeke. And I'm like, mm. well, I, you know, I said, I'd, I'd be good with that, but man, I, I feel like this defense needs an overhaul. Like we need a guy who can lock down one side of the field. And when they took Zeke, right. the vast majority of people were thrilled. I will say I, it took me a while to kind of come around a little bit because I think defense wins championships. I mean, Denver pretty much showed you that you can have uh, a guy in a wheelchair playing quarterback and you can shut down right. a pretty potent offense. Right. Um, yeah. And you would know yeah. as the Steelers, <laughs> you know, uh, the lover of, of uh, black and gold, that, that defense wins championships. And it's like the Cowboys, I, w I wanted to see them bolster that defense in the first round. I just, in retrospect, I'm glad they got Zeke. Um, I think he is, he's a three-down back. Um, he could do a little bit of everything. He's got breakaway speed. He can, get the, he can get the gritty yards. He could pick up a blitz. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so, and, uh, you know, young legs, you know, with a lot of tread on the tires instead of, you know, relying on Alfred Morris and McFadden and those guys, which they're capable, but, um, you know, they get a little long in the tooth. It's harder to rely on them. So, uh, right. so yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty pleased. Um, I, was, I was not happy at all with the second-round pick. Um, I'm like, well, you, you got an early second-round pick, and you, you pick a redshirt, you know, linebacker, I've already lived through the Sean Lee. You know, I've already lived through the Bruce Carter, you know, from North Carolina. I know you know all about Bruce right. Carter being a, a target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that they, <laughs> they, they classified as first-round talent with injury issues, and we're going to take a flyer, and guess what? Bruce Carter had injury issues all through, the, all through his tenure with the Cowboys, and then he left. Sean Lee, they signed to a big deal, and the guy's been nothing, just had this pattern of injury issues. So I'm like – as, as talented as Jalen Smith is, that was not the spot to, to take him in my mind. Now, I've had mm -hmm. people tell me why it was a great pick and all that. Really, this, I don't think that this draft is going to be made, made by Zeke as much as it's going to be by Jalen Smith and Dak Prescott. That's, those are the two players that I think are mm -hmm. really going to help define whether or not this was a successful draft. Interesting. And uh, and. and and to think that Prescott was a compensatory pick. Yeah. So thanks to that, you guys are able to like this is why I think about Prescott. Again, I know it's preseason, but I like the way that this young man stepped into this the starting role and played the starting role and looked like he had had a good grasp of the offense. The way he connected with your boy Des Bryant, like mm -hmm. like I guess what was the ten yards out? 
That was two, two back shoulder, two back shoulder throws, one for a touchdown. You know. Exactly. <laughs> you gotta love that. So I think. You know, I think that Prescott's gonna be all right. I mean, that's just my, my, my very rash prediction. But I, but as long as Zeke stays healthy, I think you guys will be fine. Zeke is a stud. I, I watch him a lot at Ohio State. You know, I live in Cincinnati now, so I watch mm-hmm. a lot of Ohio State ball as well. And mm-hmm. dude balled out last year. Dude, I mean, yeah. he, he he did it on the big stage against Virginia Tech. The, you know and in, yep. in, in the, and also in the bowl game against Notre Dame, he's not afraid of the big moment. So I think nope. you guys got a good player at number four. I know you guys want to go defense, and I understand that. And that, you know, I, I think that Ramsey's going to be a stud as well in Jacksonville. But yep. I think you guys got your running back. I really do. Yeah, so no, I, I'm I, confident. <laughs> of, I'm confident of that, Scott. I'm definitely confident of that. I just, I think, for for where we were um, in the draft order knowing the two quarterbacks were going to go up front. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there was quite a – there was a bevy of defensive players there, but there weren't a lot of scheme fits for us. You know, DeForest Buckner went a little bit later uh, to San Francisco. I mean, that guy's a monster, but he's, you know, mm-hmm. he's, an, he's an outside, you know, in the 3-4. He's a, he's a you know, a, one of the front three. You know, he's not really a, um, you know, a 4-3 defensive end the way that Marinelli plays. Um, uh, sure. Bosa really wasn't a fit. Um, so it's like, as you, as you look at it, I'm like, okay, well for the value, people like to devalue the running back position in the NFL because it's become more of a, a pass passing league. The only way the Cowboys are going to have success like, or try to even repeat what they did two years ago is they need a bell cow. I mean, they just do. And yeah. I think, um, you know, DeMarco, you know, he was fantastic for that one year. And I think Zeke has all of those, all those components. Plus I think he's got, he's got a little bit more shake, a little more breakaway speed um, than, uh, than DeMarco had. So, so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I just think they're going to have to score about 40 points a game to, to be competitive. Yeah. So <laughs> unfortunately you might be right, but you know, again, yeah. he's playing the NFC East. So, yeah, you guys got at least more than a fighting chance of that. Um, so, speaking of which, let's skip ahead to this season. I mean, I know you're getting the schedule, you know, like the back of your hand by now. So, looking at the schedule, like, what do you think? Just put up a shelf. Like, pretty much, what do you think your record's going to be? You guys can't be no worse than last year, in my opinion, because no, you know, you know I, I, yeah. I'll see, an, we'll see an improvement, and I, I think. Um, so I think one of the key elements is um, it's a, it's another year with this offensive line playing together and having Lyle Collins as as the starter. Um, mm-hmm. That that guy he may turn out to be. We may look up five years from now and say that that guy is the best offensive line on the team, including Tyron Smith. Um, I've mm-hmm. watched him. I watched him very closely. Um, last year, man, you can, I mean, you have all these, these different sites will, will zoom in on him and you see him sprinting down the field and just pancaking brothers all over the place, like mm-hmm. way out in front of McFadden. I mean, he, he is, a, he is an, he is an absolute beast. Um, so I, you know, there's, there's, there's just too many, you know, if this goes right, if this goes right, if this goes right, 
there's really no margin for error with this team. They don't, they're not mm-hmm. deep in some, in some really key areas. Um, linebacker scares me. Um, the secondary really scares me. They, they don't have a whole lot on the ends, the pass rushing ends due to off the field, uh, uh, you know, drug issues and attitudinal stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the shootout because it's really hard mm. to play ball control when it, if you just don't have any confidence that if the, the defense is going to be able to get off the field, you're, you're playing from behind a lot and it's going to put Tony in a lot of second and long third and long situations. He's, I just, I'm concerned about him getting beat up. Um, but, uh, you know, this division is not that great. Um, I think Philly, Philly's going to take a step back. I actually think, I actually think the Giants are going to win a division, Scott. Um, wow. I think, um, you know, no one's, no one's talking about them thinking that they had they have to retool. I mean, look, they spent a ton of money on defense. They got some talented players. And uh, uh, I, I think another year with the, you know, the receivers that they have, if, if Cruz ends up being healthy, um, I, I think things line up a little bit better for them. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, think the, I think the Cowboys having to play Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Minnesota, um, that's, uh, you know, they play Seattle in the preseason, but San Francisco even, um, it's, it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, I have to put them at eight and eight. Mm. Wow. I got to put them at you eight and eight. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, we've seen this. I mean, I'm not, and I'm, and I'm trying to be, I'm just trying to be real, you know, like, like sure, I've heard a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say this is a 10 win team because they're going to get back to, you know, being a ball hawking opportunistic defense. Um, and last year, you know, it can't get any worse when you, you know, when you have that turnover differential and you, your cornerbacks can't intercept and we got Scandrick back and Byron Jones is another year back there. And, um, you know, we've got some young talent up the middle on the defensive line, which we do. Like, mm-hmm. I actually think the tackles inside, I think, I think are pretty talented. I just don't think we have anyone on the edge. Um, and I think our linebackers are suspect. And, I'm, uh, you know, Byron Jones will help settle down the safety position. But the, it's just a big crapshoot with this, this cornerback, these cornerbacks. I just don't, I just don't know. Um, Marinelli's not that creative. He relies on talent. He, I, you know, he's he's kind of a no frills guy. Um, I would kill to have a Dick LeBeau here. You know, I'd kill to have a guy like that who who can right. take lemons and make lemonade out of a pretty sad sack team. Uh, but yeah, most of these games, it's going to be you know thirty one twenty seven, thirty four thirty. If they're going to win, I just there's not going to be any grinding games. I just I think I think it's going to be really difficult. So knowing that they were twelve and four two years ago and four and twelve last year, I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. So that's why I think eight and eight. Well, to your point, um, you mentioned this earlier. Yeah, you guys. It scares us to do you guys any favors. You guys get two, two of the toughest divisions of football, the AFC North and NFC North. And, right. Um, you know, <laughs> that's, 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 pretty, that's, that's, that's pretty messed up. Um, 
Yeah, especially when you're supposed to have an easier schedule coming off a 4-12 and season. I was like, thanks a lot to the schedule makers, you know? (laughs) How about that? If that's easy, don't show me what difficult is, you know? (laughs) Dude, I'm like, there's no way. It's not even fair, but I'll say this, man. 8-8 sounds about right, to be honest with you. I could easily easily see, like, a Um, Mm 9-7. Again, your division – I mean, even though this it's this is weird for me to say because I mean, growing up, the AMC East was it, man. I mean, it was one of the strongest were it. football for a long time. But yep. you know, I I I I think nine wins wins this division. It wouldn't surprise me if it's the Giants. I don't, I don't think it's Washington. I don't I, you know like like I don't think Washington's going to sneak up on on anyone, especially one uh, Kirk Cousins. But I think it's going to be right. between. And I'm just saying this because you're on the phone like and. And and because you're one of my closest college friends, I just think that it's going to be between you guys and New York. Uh, just yep. just from reading the tea leaves, I think it's going to come down between you two cats for the division. And you know, whoever wins that season series, I mean, you guys might split because you got split almost every year. But yeah, uh, I, I just think it's it wouldn't surprise me if you guys take the division home again. I think when healthy, you guys are the most talented team in the division by far. Coaching is another story. To your point, is another story. But I think talent, you, I mean, you guys are, like, least about as talented, more, more talented than any of the teams you have division. So, I I think 97 will, will get a down for you guys this year, just from, again, reading the tea leaves. So, let's get you out here on this in a more positive. And this, and this may make you laugh a little bit. Okay. Jerry Jones is up for, for, for the, the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame next year. Mm-hmm. Given your history with your beloved Cowboys and Jones' history with your beloved Cowboys, and he's one, he has to be one polarizing cat in and of himself in Cowboy Nation, is he, in your mind, a Hall of Famer? Um, well, you have to start with this. When, when Jerry Jones is nominated, he's nominated as a complete package. You know, he's nominated mm-hmm. as an innovative owner, uh, a trendsetter, um, a massive revenue producer, and a master marketer. Um, and and that aspect of Jerry Jones, um, to me, it's absolutely no question first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, what he did with the licensing deals, what he's done with co-branding and having big sponsorship, like uh, all the stuff that happened early on with apparel, um, you know, he was the brainchild of that. The guy is, he is an absolute genius when it comes to that. Um, now, w- with, with every coin, there are two sides, right? Um, and Jerry Jones and his insistence of being the general manager and the personnel guy, um, mm-hmm. the, any success that this team has had has been in spite of that man. It hadn't been because of him. Um, and and uh, it has been supremely frustrating watching him maneuver and uh, trade two first-round picks for Joey Galloway and trade two picks away for Roy Williams and and swap picks with teams and move up and get Mo Claiborne, and that blew up in his face. Um, it, it's, it, you know, that any GM would have been fired a dozen times over for the abysmal track record of, of Jerry Jones, the general manager. Um, mm mm-hmm. So you can't separate. <laughs> exactly. You can't separate the two. I mean, he embodies 
all of those elements. So you can't you can't separate that. That being said, under his two under his auspices, this team won three championships, and right. that that level of success, even though it was early on in his tenure, that level of success. And and by the way, people are here are just banging the phones talking about how, how can Jimmy Johnson not be in before Jerry because Jerry, you know, he didn't have anything to do with that. Those were Jimmy's team. So believe me, there's still plenty of Jimmy apologists um, that live in this, in this state. Um, If you put it to me, if you put it to me like you did and you said, is he a Hall of Famer? I have to say yes. Um, mm-hmm. Because of because his responsible as an owner and his fiduciary responsibility to the league to grow revenue and to grow value, um, these owners uh, have absolutely piggybacked off of what he's been able to do with licensing to grow this into the multi multi billion dollar business that it is. Um, he's one of the top three or four guys that. You know, was the brain trust in in making that happen with the TV deals, with the the uh, NFL Sunday ticket deals? Like Jerry Jones played massive roles with that, and it moving the needle as far as the popularity of the sport in the country. Um, mm-hmm. That it, you know, I can count on one hand how many people I would say had played the uh, you know the 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 biggest roles, and Jerry's one of them. Um, so if I can just grit my teeth and fight through the, the ineptitude of his general manager, <laughs> um, I say, yeah, I would say, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd have to, I'd have to put him in the, in the hall of fame. Um, and you want to do it, you know, without sounding um, too uh, dark. I mean, you kind of want to do it while the guy is, is still here um, because posthumous, sure, sure, um, you know, selections, it just doesn't look as good. You like to give the person opportunity to be honored uh, while he's around to do it. And, you know, he's, he's getting up there in years. So I, I think, um, I, I think they're going to put him in. I think he's going to get in this first ballot. I think you're right. I, I mean, people, I know people bag on Jerry Jones for it. And that's the two that's general manager, but dude is one hell of a distance. Man. I mean, he, yep. I mean, the way, the way, I mean, I mean, the way he took the brand, the already noticeable brand of the Dallas Cowboys, and just extrapolated that into a multi-billion dollar enterprise, it's, mm-hmm. it's just amazing to me. I mean, it's, I mean, and here's a dude who is, if you look at his background, he's self-made, the self-made mm-hmm. oil guy. And, yep. you know, he just, I mean, he just, he's used to turning lemons into lemonade. And even yep. though... I think personally that Jimmy Johnson had a lot to do with those three titles that y'all had in the uh, 90s. I still think that Jerry Jones, he he revolutionized the business side of football. I mean, the reason why the Rams are in Los Angeles, for example, is because of Jerry Jones, basically. Oh, he, I know. No, much, you're absolutely he, right. He set, up, he set up everything, greased every skid, every track to have Durant's back where they belong, in my opinion, in L.A. They had no business in St. Louis. But right. – that's not a hint or there. You know, the thing is, is that I I think that Jones and he should, as much as he done, he has done business wise for the league. And and, uh, and again, he's not going in as a general manager; he's going in as a contributor. And being the owner of one of the most glamour franchises in all the sports, and one who's visible and made the Cowboys so viable, and to make the help to make the NFL so much valuable. 
I, you know, I yeah. think that um, I think I'll be shocked. I'll be very shocked if he doesn't get in next year on the first try. I would be very shocked. Yeah. Now, and you know, for selfish reasons, I want him to get in because I want to see. I want to see two things. If 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 Jerry Jones gives any makes any mention to Jimmy Johnson doing his speech, and mm-hmm. if Johnson's even going to show up in the first place. That's why I yeah. want to see. <laughs> I want to see that. <laughs> I think you know it would be it would make for interesting drama filled television and you know something something that I've learned um, you know as as we get older and our yeah. you know our parents our relatives get older um, I think a lot of times the sour grapes and the uh, the hurt feelings when you realize like. Hey, you know we're coming to we're coming to the end here. I mean, a lot of hatchets get buried, and I would hope that they would act as yeah. mature adults and and give each other you know credence um, and uh, and give show each other the the respect that that they deserve in the, in the roles that they played. Um, and that's yeah. I I think I actually think Jerry is more along the lines of of uh, patching things up than Jimmy is. I think Jimmy is still harbors um, quite a bit of ill will, um, but we'll see. You know, I think he, he plays nice. I heard him, you know, Joe Buck did an hour with him uh, mm-hmm. on his, um, on his show. And I, I watched it yeah. and Jimmy, you could tell he was kind of biting the inside of his cheeks a little bit, like trying not to say stuff that was too bad about Jerry, but he was, he was pretty nice about it. I would hope that, uh, he wouldn't be, you know, have ill will that he didn't get in before Jerry or the fact that Jerry even got in the first place and got credit for anything because it, uh, it, it took both of those guys to build what, you know, what got built down here. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's way too many fans still living <laughs> in the early 90s <laughs> down here. <laughs> they, they still cling to that. I'm like, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're well beyond that now. And, uh, I, and I will tell you, um, I, I do not think Steven is that much different, to be honest. Um, at mm. first, at first I thought, well, Steven will be smart. He's, he's a real shrewd guy. He's learned the business. And when it's time to take over for him to take over, he'll divest himself of the personnel piece and, and bring in personnel people and he'll stay focused on the business stuff. And the more and more I hear him talk and some of the actions, um, he's more physical. He's less of a risk taker when it comes to the mo- spending the money. But as far as mm-hmm. building a draft strategy and building a team, I, I don't see a whole lot of difference. Um, I'm holding out hope, but uh, it, man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really happy with Will McClay. I'm really happy with the, um, the way they approach the draft, and they're very sensible. I mean, that they spent all these first round picks on on linemen. I love it. Um, that's mm-hmm. the way. To, that's the way I I would do it. Um, because right. those are, those right. are, um, uh, th- they make everything go. So, uh, so we'll see, but yeah, as far as Jerry getting in, man, I, I hope he does. Um, it would be, it'd be great TV. Um, and, uh, I know it'd be quite a buzz in the Dallas area if that happens. So. Oh, yes, it will. Yes, it definitely will, man. Hey man, this is the long overdue. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to be doing this during the season. I promise you, especially around, Cowboy Steeler Week, so look for that. Well, hey, you know, yeah, you know where to reach me. 
Yeah, you know, yes, you know so how I to do. reach me. I, I definitely want to. I definitely want to. You know, talk through some of that stuff. Um, I am uh, mm-hmm. just just for the record. I'm I'm super super high on the Steelers. Uh, uh, man, if, if they could just hold it down till Le'Veon gets back, man, I I think it's I think they're gonna have a heck of a year. Um, and you know, I think both of us agree. As long as the Patriots fail, you know, we're good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, Lord, Lord, hallelujah. Let's hope. Let's open pray that's, on that. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Hey, thanks. Thanks, hey, thanks man, for having me, man. Hey, you got it, Campy. Be good. All right, brother. See you. All right, peace. All right, that's my man Jeff Campanella, aka Campy, breaking out Cowboys. That was fun. That was really fun. I've, I've been talking to him about doing this for like the past couple of years. Finally, finally nailed it down. I'm glad I, I really enjoyed having him on. I'll definitely bring him back during the year. Again, I know to me, Cowboys fans, <laughs> two of my closest friends are Cowboys fans. It's like God is somewhere laughing his, his behind off right now. But anyway, that was fun. We're going to keep this uh, NFL Superman Series going for one more week next week, so look out for that. Got some good teams previewing. At least the Carolina Panthers are on deck. My beloved Steelers and possibly a couple other teams. So we'll see. But anyway, thank you for all of y'all tuning in. Scott Brooks with the Clan Island Sound Off 06 tonight. <laughs>